0: After recounting the dramatic story of the creation of the world and Manin's dismissal from Gan Eden from the garden, the Torah records the tragic story of Cain and Hevel. It reads as follows, V'yihi m'keits yamim, v'yavei Cain m'prihadama mincha l'adonai, v'hevel hevi gamhu m'bechorot tsono u'mechel v'hen, v'yoshah Vayosha. After some time, Cain brought an offering to Hashem from the fruit of the ground. Hevel also brought from the premier of his flock and the fattest of them. Hashem looked favorably on Hevel and his offering but did not look favorably on Cain's offering. And this angered Cain greatly, and he became depressed or his face fell. So in summary, Hevel and Cain both bring offerings. God favors Hevel's offering. And a few verses later, we're familiar with the end of the story, Vayomer Cain al-Hevel Achiv, v'hi biotam basadeh So Cain said to his brother, the verses seem to leave out the content of their conversation. And then when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother and killed him. And we have the uh, first murder in our modern human history. The takeaway from this story is often assumed to be a lesson about the pitfalls of jealousy. But there are two key verses in between Cain's depression and his reaction to not getting god's favor for his offering and the murder of his brother that tell us another very important facet of this story so what may sometimes be glossed over is a very important link in this chain of events god actually approaches Cain and intercedes giving him a personal message outlining for him what rev david Kimchi the Radak calls the method of teshuva for generations to come. I'll read the Radak. He says, "Hayah the conversation with him Kideli yasro Ulahashiva Lamutov, was to discipline him and to return him to the beneficial path and teach him the way of return of engaging in teshuva." For him and for future generations. For the person who makes a mistake can achieve complete erasure of the sin or atonement as it's commonly translated. If he returns with sincere and complete uh, teshuva, complete return. And here's the content of uh, God's message back in the Pesukim. This is Pasuk Vav, and it's in, we're in Perik Dalen, in Bereshit. By Yomer Adonai al kayin that Hashem said to Kayin, Lama hara why are you so upset? Vilama naflu panecha, why is your face fallen? Hallo im tetiv se'et, ve'im lo tetiv la peta chatat roveitz, ve'ilecha tishukato, yata timshal bo. So God explains if you improve, you'll will you not be uplifted but if you do not approve sin is crouching at the door and for you it lusts so to speak but you can rule over it and there is this interesting corollary here between the words that are used in the exhortation to kyan and the words that are used to describe the situation with the with chava and the snake Perhaps we can elaborate on that another time. In the meantime, Unclus also adds a little bit in his translation that I think is worthy of note. And uh, it reads Va'amar Hashem Lakain <speaking> Lama Ta Ulama It Pach Halo Im Totev Uvadach Yishteveg Lach Vimlo Totev Uvadach Lium Dina Chetach <Hebrew> Natir so Hashem said to Kayin, Why are you so upset and why are you downcast? Is it not so that if you improve your ways, you'll be forgiven? And if you do not improve your ways, your mistake will be kept until the Day of Judgment, and punishment will be exacted if you do not engage in tshuva, if you do not return. But if you do return, it will be completely forgiven. So again, Unclus in his translation is also emphasizing this idea that God approaches Kayan and talks to him about the process of teshuvah and lets him know that really the process of teshuvah can erase this previous mistake. So the content again of God's message is this first exhortation of teshuvah, often translated as return or repentance. If we improve in response to our mistakes, then we'll be uplifted, If we do not improve, our mistakes will multiply. They'll become greater. Even though our mistakes have the potential to trip us up, we can overcome them. And uh, this made me think of the, uh, the philosophy behind one of the greatest football defenses of all time, the Baltimore Ravens. They still hold the single season record for the lowest points allowed per game. And their mantra was something which is often used in football called bend, don't break. And it may mean that in the course of a defensive set, you may give up a number of yards. But when you get down to the touchdown zone, that's when you lock down. And if you can prevent touchdowns and they end up being field goals or they don't get close enough, even if you give up a big play, if it doesn't result in points you don't make further mistakes, if you bounce back, you bend, but you don't break. So again, it technically refers to this too deep safety or Tampa 2 coverage pattern, but it also refers to a mentality. It's impossible to avoid making mistakes. But how you respond to those mistakes is paramount. One mistake is not usually what costs you the game. Letting one mistake turn into another and failing to adjust is what ultimately loses the game. And this idea is at the root of the first murder in history. While one might casually explain that Cain killed Hevel because God paid attention to Hevel's offering and not his, this is an oversimplification of the story. God paid plenty of attention to Cain, giving him a personal message, outlining for him how he could correct his error, and that correcting that error was fully possible. He ended up ignoring this message, consumed by jealousy, and following into a situation, he later describes as gadol a mistake that really was too much to bear. And perhaps some of the reason that it was too much to bear is because there was a point where he could have corrected the mistake, but he failed to do so. So the story of Kain and Hevel is not just about jealousy. A careful read shows a different and fundamental message. Our mistakes do not define us, but how we respond to them does.